are grounding uh, the last number of weeks in the story of Joseph, uh, not Anderson, but a different Joseph, equally powerful. Uh, we're grounding the story in the story of Joseph, and last week we looked, and he passes these tests of trust, of faithfulness, and integrity. And how many of you know that when you pass God's test, it doesn't always mean on earth things look better for you? Doesn't always mean that you're promoted, doesn't always mean that you advance, although heaven records it, on earth it's not always rewarded. So again, we said last week on this side of eternity, when we take steps for righteousness, or stands for righteousness, excuse me, it's not always rewarded. When you take a stand for righteousness, um, sometimes you're going to come out on the wrong end, and you do what's right, and it feels as though you get left further behind. And sometimes even you take a step in a stand for righteousness and you feel more lonely. People leave. And this is not the, 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 the part of the scriptures that we love to lean into, but it's the reality of what sometimes we walk through. And I'm not talking about people leave or we're lonely or we experience things because we're being foolish in what we're doing. I literally mean simply because of the sake of righteousness. And Psalm 73 describes perfectly what happens next to Joseph but also can happen to each of us today, still in 2022. And here's what it says. It says, God is indeed good to Israel. Everyone just whisper the word good. God is indeed good to Israel. I'm sure for Israel, it didn't actually feel like God was good all the time, though. But God is indeed good to Israel, to the pure in heart. But as for me, the psalmist says, my feet almost slipped and my steps nearly went, away, went astray and here's why. We'll repeat it again in a moment. For I envied the arrogant, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. This is the story of Joseph, who now finds himself in prison, not because of what wrong he has done, but he takes a step and a stand for righteousness. He does the right thing, and as a result of somebody else's intentions towards him that are wrong, that are incorrect, he finds himself now in prison. And in this place, this circumstance, just like when he was in the pit, the circumstance has the power to form and shape your perspective of who God is. Every much as Joseph's did is ours today. And the psalmist gives us some really, really wise words. Again, it says that the feet of the psalmist almost slipped and their steps nearly went astray. And the question is why? And it's because they began to see the prosperity of the wicked. God, why are, why are they in that place and I am in this place? Lord, as a child of you, why am I experiencing all of this? And they're not, a, they, they are, yes, they are your children because all of them are, but, but they're not, they're not following you. Actually, they reject you. And why do they seem to be okay and we're not okay? Our feet can begin to slip or our, it says they envied the arrogant. They envied those who seem to be through brashness getting their way. Now Joseph is in prison, and this is the significant wrestle with his focus. You and I have this significant wrestle, because here's what's true of all of us. Our feet always follow our focus. You want to know where you're going in life? What are you dwelling on? Your feet will always go in the direction of your focus. Isn't it interesting that when you're ticked off with somebody, you see a lot of that? That when you're offended, all you see is them through the lens of your offense. It's interesting. But here's what the scripture says. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison 
as he's wrestling out his focus, the Lord is with Joseph and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority. You notice this keeps happening to him? It's interesting how circumstances don't define his ultimate destiny. And in Christ, neither do yours. And he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother him with anything under Joseph's authority. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And the Lord made everything he did successful. Or successfully, excuse me. God is with you. And even when life isn't fair, it doesn't mean that the fragrance of Christ is still not evident on your life. And it can also set you apart even when life isn't fair. This is because gifting, spiritual gifting given by God grows from the soil in which it is planted, never the pot it finds itself in. Your circumstances matter, and I'm not diminishing them. The story of Joseph is not this fake faith story of denying the reality of what he goes through. That would be dismissive and arrogant to interpret it as such, because that's not how the Hebrew authors did, wrote the story. No, 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 faith is anchoring in. This may be a circumstance that I'm going through, but ultimately, my life is not merely defined by where I find myself. My destiny is defined by who is with me, because who is with me is greater than where I find myself. Pastor Laurie. So good, so good. You know, you and I are no different than Joseph. And if you took some time to reflect over the course of your life, you would probably see that there's been some trends, there's been some cues and clues along the way that the gifts that God has placed in your life, you are already using in, in big and small ways, even if you don't recognize it. You know, God is never limited by the confinement of our geography, of our circumstance, of our job, of the family that we're placed in, because in the midst of our external circumstance, God is growing our character so that we can walk in the good works that he has prepared for us to walk in. And so Joseph finds himself in the confinement of a prison again, yet the leadership gifting of his life is continually realized wherever he is placed. And as the story continues, Pharaoh sends two more of his employees to prison, his cupbearer and his baker. And Joseph notices one day, remember he's in charge of all the prisoners, he notices one day that they're particularly distressed and distraught. And so he asks them, what is wrong? And both of them say, we've had a disturbing dream and we have no one to interpret what this dream means. I wonder if Joseph in that moment was kind of like, dreams? Oh, I know dreams. I've had dreams. I can interpret dreams. Wait a second, that didn't work out so well for me. Maybe I should keep my mouth closed. You know, I wonder if he's having all of these thoughts as this conversation is going. But listen to what he says, and I love, love, love his response that we see in Genesis 40. He says, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. Now remember, these are Egyptians. They don't know his God. And so this is an opportunity for him to glorify God, to allow God to speak to him, to allow the gifting inside of his life to be realized and God to be glorified through it. And I love that. He lays aside his own strength in order for God to be glorified. Now, remember, Joseph is unfairly in prison. So he has every right to kind of be inward, self-loathing, to be upset about his situation and really not offer to help anybody. 
Yet instead, while confined by prison walls, he's still growing and developing in his gift. He has gifts, he has skills, and he wants to make a difference. And he volunteers to serve and to love those who are around him. And I just love that about his story. You see, there's no external circumstance that you could find yourself in that is a limitation for God to move if you let him. But if all we can see are the prison walls in our story, the injustice of what has happened, then we can lose sight of the powerful way that God wants to be glorified in our life. And so God is growing Joseph to be a leader, and he's going to help nations through a time of crisis like the which they have not seen yet. But he uses all of the situations and the stories and the circumstances in, in his life to develop his character, to prepare him to step into this moment. So at the beginning of his story, we see Joseph knows what it is to be loved by his mom and dad to have favor on his life. But then he learns what it feels like to be betrayed, to be betrayed by the people who were supposed to love him. He ends up unjustly in a pit, a literal pit, and then sold into slavery and finds himself yet again in another type of pit, imprisoned wrongly once again. Last week we talked about even when he makes a righteous or an integrity choice, it isn't always rewarded. I love what you said last week when you said, you know, heaven records our righteous choices here on earth, but we're not always rewarded on this side of eternity as we step into those moments. And today we continually see Joseph stepping into moments to use his gifts and to serve others. Now, I just want to take a little segue just for a moment, sensitively, around injustice that we continue to see still today. As I thought about Joseph's story, and I imagined if the roles were reversed in that story, and a woman found herself in the same place, and somebody was pursuing her, you know, for so many women, they don't even have the opportunity or the privilege to flee a situation like that. We see this in the world far too much. We see this in the church far too much. We see this all throughout the scriptures from Bathsheba to Tamar to the woman that came and fell at the feet of Jesus. None of them had the opportunity to flee. Now please understand, I say this in no way to negate that the abuse that happened to Joseph or the abuse that happens to men, because abuse happens to men and we need to talk about that too. It's really, really important. But I think that it is also important to mention that so many women have been in the same situation and not had the opportunity to flee. You know, Jesus has come to bring redemption. He literally bore this, the shame, the brokenness, and the pain that you and I have experienced, and everyone before us, and everyone to come on the cross so that we didn't have to. But the reality is that when we look around the world today, it is broken. And many of you have experienced that brokenness personally, and it is not okay. And I want to say, 
If you have been abused in any way, it is not okay, and it is not your fault. And I do believe that this is the environment, when we come into the house of the Lord, when we're together as brothers and sisters, to receive healing from heaven. So I actually wanna take a moment right now and just pray, because if you have been affected by abuse personally or someone you love, I just wanna pray over you and just allow the Holy Spirit to go to that place and bring healing. So Father, we just stop and pause in this moment and we thank you for your abundant grace that is available for all. We know that we have all fallen short and we are in need of your grace every single day. But God, when we look around at the world, there are things that have happened and that are happening that are not okay. They're not okay with you and they're not okay with us. And God, I pray that you would help us to be the kind of people that bring the change that we need to see in the world. God, we understand that we can change systems and we can change education and we can step into all those arenas and they help. But if our hearts are not transformed, we will not see the kind of change that we need to see. So God, in this moment, we ask you to make us more like you and bring healing to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, have mercy on us all, we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, there's hope in the midst of the brokenness of the world. And if this story shows us anything, it's that God is not limited by the injustice of others. And he wants to use your life and he wants to use your gifts to promote you right where he's placed you. He wants to develop your character and give you the opportunity to practice your gifts. But you do have to make a decision. Do you wanna be promoted in God's ways, in God's kingdom, or do you wanna be promoted in the ways of the world? Because they're different. And so we see next in our story that Joseph correctly, correctly interprets the dreams, but he gives a single request. Let's read about it in Genesis 40, verses 14 and 15. He says, but when all goes well for you, remember that I was with you. Please show this kindness to me by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison, for I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should put me in a dungeon. You see, there is still a part of Joseph's sinful character that has remained through everything. His own self-interest is still present from the day he dreamt those dreams with his brothers to this day. And I can just imagine Joseph, you know, walking up to the cupbearer. That's the one that he gave the good report, the good message to, the favorable outcome from his dream, and said, like, so I gave you like a pretty good interpretation, eh? So when all that works out well for you, can you like talk to your boss? Like, can you do me a solid, you know? I can just imagine him coming up and using, again, this exact story where God wanted to be glorified for his own self-interest. God, Joseph can trust God enough to give him the interpretation, but he can't trust him quite enough to get him out of the prison. And it came with grave consequences. In Genesis chapter 40 and 41, we see, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And then in, in chapter 41, it says, at the end of two years, Pharaoh had a dream. Two more years he was in prison. And so as a leader, Joseph is going to be leading both those who are loved, 
those who have been betrayed, and those who are forgotten, all the likes of which he understands very well. Joseph is forgotten, but he's using his gift, and that is critical for his future, for what God has prepared for him to walk in. You see, serving others is like sowing seeds into tomorrow's harvest. Like Joseph, God isn't asking you to figure everything out. He's asking you to trust him with your next step. That's what you can do today. So don't get caught up in trying to right all the injustice of the world because you might miss the opportunities that God is giving you to actually bring healing to the world right now. The world does not need our opinions and our noise and our complaining and our blame. It needs our deeply formed character to really make a difference where we're planted. If you want to right the injustice of the world, let's do what Jesus said to do. He said to die to yourself. He said crucify your flesh, pick up your cross and follow Jesus and love and serve people and forgive those who persecute you. And anyone who touches your world will be changed. Sometimes focusing our feet is seeing a need, reconvening a gift or a skill or a talent and saying yes to meet that need. Joseph takes a step, and yes, while initially forgotten, it becomes a very important step in his future, the very thing that's going to get him out of prison. Yeah, that's powerful. Well done. You know, the truth of it is, is that while Joseph was in prison, he had every right and proper excuse not to serve others because of what it is that he was going through. And here's what I want you to know. In your life, the only time God will ever put you on the sidelines is to heal you. It's not to position you there forever. Some of you, in love, I say this, you're in disobedience because you're waiting for everything to be perfect in your life before you begin to serve others. But I want you to know that when you begin to serve, even like Joseph did, in the imperfection of where his life was, it begins to focus where it is that God is moving you and directing you. But we are not ignorant today that when we are betrayed, it leaves a mark. That when we are invisible, whether it is we feel invisible because it's true or whether we believe that it's true, both have to be healed in God. And so in this moment, we want to do something different. Tonight at 6 p.m., we have an all-church prayer meeting of which whether you're here, you're at home, you're all invited to. But rather than wait until 6 p.m., we just think it's appropriate this morning for our message to be more of a devotional and for us to start the prayer meeting tonight, right now. All a prayer meeting is, is giving us room to talk to God and for Him to talk to us. And here's all we know. Every one of us individually and collectively as the people of Ottawa or the Gatineau region or the province of Ontario, Quebec, nation of Canada, how many of you would agree we need a fresh move of the Holy Spirit? We need him massively in our lives and in our stories. So we're gonna give him room to move. And so these next few songs that we're gonna sing, they're gonna be reflective. And I just invite you to open your heart 
wherever the circumstances of your life find yourself, open your heart and let the Spirit do what only the Spirit can. You know, as we worship, it's a time for God to allow healing to come into our hearts. And so whatever sort of prison of your circumstance you see around you, would you lay it down today? Would you give it to God and let him speak to you about how he wants to use your life and your story in this moment today? Let him go to a place of healing. Let him go to a place of freedom. Just let him go as we begin to sing and sing together and sing over you. And then we're going to move into a declarative song that we're going to sing together and we're going to believe to step into all God has for us. <laughs> 